So we're learning about chashud, learning about suspicion. Uh, very interesting, interesting topic. Let's see what Pele oh, has to say. This is, a, oh. this is not a small topic. This is a big topic. <laughs> yeah, he gives it this is, short. It's short, but it must be very, very, very heavy. Yes. So Amro Rabotenu Zichonami Racha. So our rabbi said, call Adam. We, every Everybody. person that you meet. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's suspicious. He's, he's suspicious. Is this man good? Is, is this man not good? Is this woman he's good? Said, uh, should I do business? Should I do business? Said, honor them, respect them, respect every person, but suspect every person also. Wow. As if they might be a thief, even. And it doesn't matter how long their beard is. It doesn't matter how big their kippah is. It doesn't matter how many how many times they pray a day. They they pray three times a day. Doesn't matter how many they times pray, he pray from you. Pray thirty times a day. It doesn't matter how many tefillin he wears. It could wear uh, twenty five tefillin. It doesn't make a difference. Wow. Right? Every person be cautious. No matter how much righteousness you see from them, you can never know. You never know. Now, wow. Now, if this is uh, <laughs> what our Chachamim said about a person's money, they say, watch yourself, protect yourself, be cautious, be careful. Uh, how much more so when it comes to prohibitions of the Torah? So, you have to think that maybe somebody else is not as cautious and not as careful as, as I you. think. If I know myself, you see somebody that could not care less about religion, and you say, no, no, I'm going to trust them on religious matters. You know, they're, they're coming there, they're going to sell me a separate Torah, <laughs> and they're going to sell me a tefillin, and they're going to say, no, 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 everything is perfect, and everything is 100%. Really? How much can I trust you? How much can I trust you? in particular, so this is a very important principle. When a person buys tefillin, when a person buys a sefer Torah, first, first and foremost, as much as you can, you make sure that it's a person who's honest, a person you can trust, and a person who's religious, and a person who knows, uh, who knows what he's doing, who understands, and other people can tell you about him, people that you know can tell you about him, that this is a trustworthy source. This is a person who is fulfilling the halachot correctly. This one who is writing it correctly, uh, it's extremely important. When a person goes and buys an uh, etrog nowadays, an etrog, you know how uh, an etrog is a mo- much more expensive plant uh, to plant and to have an authentic etrog than a lemon. Because sure. the etrog, the, the, the tree of the etrog, it gives a few fruits you know, every once in a while. It does give throughout the year, but it's not such a big plant, it's a small plant. You know, a lemon tree gives, uh, gives thank God. Uh, yeah, it gives Baruch Hashem, thank 100, God. 200, 300, it, get, it gives, it gives a lot, Hashem. the lemon tree. So, 
If there's someone who's not trustworthy, there are people that, you know, they make a cross between uh, oh, between the lemon the, and the between oh. the lemon and between the etrog. Ooh, la, oh, la. It's, you know, much cheaper. Pasul, a hundred percent pasul, etrog morkav. And how do you know that you have an authentic etrog? There's only one way to know, and that's to slice it open. <laughs> to see, <it's>, oh. <laughs> to see it open. You can't really do that before the chag. So what do you do? You have only one option. You have to buy it from someone who's trustworthy. You have to buy it from someone who's trustworthy. Thank God we have Rabbi Adam. Rabbi Adam is very good. He does the job. There was one video that went around. It always They always go around after Sukkot. They are rabbis opening up the etrog. From this place, from that place. Let's see. Etrog. Next one. Lemon. Wow. So practically yeah. we shouldn't buy in the street yeah. because in the street they sell yeah, them. You, know, you, you have to be cautious. You have to know who you're buying it from. Yeah. Okay. You have to know who you're All buying right. it from. So, and also, furthermore, don't rely on every person when it comes to kashrut. Until you know that the person is cautious, until you know that the person is careful, knows what it means to keep kosher. Uh, and their home is a kosher home to your standards that you know will be frat and especially if it's somebody that doesn't keep kosher uh, in their life how could you trust them how could you trust them you shouldn't believe him even if they swear to you even if they swear because that's the first thing everyone does once they get suspected i swear to you i swear to you they mean a swear that could be worthless there's a principle in halakha. Uh, it's a Jewish law. One who is suspected of something, meaning a person who doesn't keep a certain law, they cannot be a judge for it and they cannot be a witness for it. Correct. So because I need. Don't know, because they don't know. Yeah. So I'm going to put simple. a mashkiach. I'm going to put a mashkiach to tell me that this meat is kosher meat. The mashkiach himself doesn't keep kosher. Uh, cannot work. Uh, Impossible. <laughs> how, how do you trust him? How can you try? He's telling you, to me this is kosher. Yes. To me, I, to me I eat this, but he doesn't keep kosher. He's not. He's not even keeping it. So how can you trust him? Someone who doesn't keep a law, someone who doesn't keep kosher. How can you trust him to say, no, this is no, this is kosher. This is uh, this is okay to eat. Or uh, we shouldn't know. We have a big mess in uh, in America nowadays. We have to be very cautious of. Um, and that is the Reformed Jews. Reformed Jews, or if, uh, if, if they tell you that somebody's Jewish, can you believe them or not? No. No. It's a big problem. Why? No. Because, because they say that if a father is Jewish and the mother is not Jewish, it's Jewish. the child is Jewish. They change the definition. They say that if a father is Jewish and a mother is Jewish, they're Jewish. They're Jewish. So if they tell you that somebody's Jewish, can I trust them? How can you trust them? They're, they, they don't even keep the, the basic laws that we all knew about what marriage is and what a Jewish marriage is and what makes a person Jewish. We all, everybody know, all from across the, the Jewish from people, the that from Judaism is from the mother. The yes. mother is Jewish, the, the, the child is Jewish, and the child is Jewish. If the mother is not Jewish, the child is not Jewish. And, and they decided 30 years ago or, or whenever it was that, no, no, no. If the father is Jewish, the child is also wow. Jewish. You have to be very careful. The children can meet somebody in college. That they say, no, I've been Jewish my whole life. I, I, I go twice a year to Kanisa. I go on Rosh Hashanah and I go on Yom Kippur. We had in Italy also. In Italy, in the Jewish school in Italy, we had the Italians. Yeah. They were but saying they're we're not Jewish, Jewish, but 
Then you find <laughs> out that the mother was <laughs> was not Jewish. So it's something to be very cautious of. However, there is a very, very nice teshuvah, very nice response by Rav Moshe Feinstein. Uh, Rav Moshe Feinstein, Zichronoli Vracha. He had a case of a father, a Russian father, that was living in communist Russia. Now, the father was Shomer, he kept everything 100%, but he was getting older and wasn't able to support himself. Now, who was supporting himself? His children, but his children were communists. And they were kind of, they didn't keep anything. And his question to, uh, now he would, you know, his children would invite him to his house, the son, the daughter, they would invite him to his house, and they would say, Dad, we're getting closer just for you. Oh, can I trust them or not? So, so he's asking the rabbi a question, can I trust them or can why, I not? Why, they're why? communists. <laughs> they don't keep kosher in the, wow, in the wow. house. Uh, but now they're saying, Dad, we're getting kosher for you. So can I trust them or can I not? So Rav Moshe Feinstein, he says the following, it's a, a very novel uh, chidush that he says, a beautiful chidush, he says. So he said, it's true, if it was a random person, you couldn't trust them at all. So then, but, but, if you know that your children are telling you the truth, and if you know that they're not lying to you, trust them. Meaning, then you could trust them. Meaning, if you know that your children are not trustworthy, that they say everything, they say whatever they want, and uh, not, then no, then of course you can't. They say, we got you food, you can't trust them on anything. But if you know your children as honest people, uh, even though they don't keep it themselves, you know yourself that if they tell you they got kosher, it's true. You know that they really, why? Why? Not, not because they're keeping it, no, because but because you children. know them yeah. so well. Yeah. Yes, yes, because children. you know them so well as a person that you know that they're not lying to you. And you know they're telling you the truth. Then you could rely on your knowledge that you know them so well that they're not lying to you. It's a very, very common question, unfortunately. This comes a lot, that people get invited to a, a family member's house and somebody that they don't keep kashrut, and they say, we got kosher just for you, or we have kosher just for you. With the reforms, it's also a question of conversion. They easily convert somebody. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Sure. It's, a, it's the same problem, exactly. All the same problem. You know, how, how could you do it? We have to know it for our children. You have to know it for our children because they meet somebody, yes. and nowadays, unfortunately, yes, you can meet somebody that says, I'm Jewish, and they're not Jewish at all. They're 0% yeah, Jewish. Big problem. 100% goy. It's a big problem. We have to be very, very careful when it comes to, to that's the why we have, That's we why we have chashud. Yeah. Yeah. Chashud is, is for this. Yeah. So this is what chashud is for. Chashud is for this. So here, when it comes to kashrut, so Rav Moshe Feinstein says that if you know your close relative and you know them very well, you live with them, you live them in your own life. You know they're always honest with you. And they come to you and they say that I got kosher just for you and this is the exact this is the hechsher that i got this is the food this is how i made it this is what i, I got a new pot for you sometimes uh they say i got a new pot just for you and i, I, I took the pot to the mikveh just for you they said they, and but you know that they're telling the truth they don't keep it for themselves in their own home but you know that they're honest you know that they, when they tell it to you they're telling you the truth and you could rely on them why because you know them because i know that he i know this person that they're telling the truth but if it's somebody that is not trustworthy and you know them as not, what can you do? Then you have no other option. So, someone who is not keeping a certain law, they cannot tell you about that law. They cannot, you can't trust them on that. They're disqualified as a witness to tell you about it. 
Now, happy and praiseworthy is the man who can do the following. Oh. Oh. Not to eat anywhere outside your house. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be fortunate if you, if you can fulfill that. How come? He says, from the kashrut perspective at least, uh, from the diet perspective, for sure, it's very healthy. If somebody takes from, a... I think from every perspective. <laughs> yeah, from, from every every perspective. processing is very good to eat at home. <laughs> I don't eat you're with your wife else. and you're with your children. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he says, <laughs> Not everybody is cautious and knows that a non-Jew is not allowed to touch your wine. And especially uh, if you have wine that's not Mevushal, which are the good wines, usually. I was one time at uh, somebody's house that they were hosting an event, and they, and they brought uh, um, they brought waiters, waitresses uh, to take care of it, and then they, were, they, have, they, have, they have waiters pouring the wine. And the wine is fully not kosher. Why? Because they have that's wine that's not mevushal, wine that's authentic wine. It's not, uh, that's not mevushal. Uh, that, that's not pasteurized. Not, now that even the, the non oh, they manage. Shop, there is a new technique. Yeah, they pasteurize it, but at a lower level. Yes, yes, right. yes. Uh, all, all, wine, all wine much nowadays better. is pasteurized. But the non shell is at a much lower temperature. But if it's non shell, meaning it's authentic, genuine wine, and non is not allowed to touch it, and non touches it, it's not kosher. Period. They cannot, they hold the bottle when it's open. If it's open, they cannot touch it. Exactly. If it's open, they cannot touch it. They cannot open it and they cannot touch it when it's open. That's why every restaurant that has a kashrut, the only wines they're allowed to bring is mevushal, is wine that has been pasteurized at the higher level. It's been cooked because it's cooked. Mevushal is the wine, wine has been cooked. They don't allow non mevushal wines into the store at all. They won't, if they're not allowed. They're, they're not allowed because they're non Jews who are serving. But you can take your own and you open it yourself and you pour it yourself yeah, and that's yeah. it. You right, so it had, your own. Uh, so so people are not aware of that. If you if you want to serve wine and you want to serve a fine wine that's not Mevushalti, yeah, you have to do it yourself. You cannot let a non Jew touch it. Also serve your guests yourself. And sometimes people are not careful with checking for bugs in the produce. Hanim Tzayim Bechomet, which was, back then, it was also a big deal in vinegar. Nowadays our vinegar is filtered, and usually we don't have in the, you know, but, but they had bugs in the vinegar a lot. We record in the salad. The berries. I don't eat berries anymore because of this. I'm saying, vin- no, I'm saying vinegar doesn't have bugs in it usually. Have you ever seen... Have you ever seen bugs in vinegar? No. It's oof, usually oof, filtered. Oof, 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 oof. You've seen bugs in vinegar? No, I've never seen it. But in those times, it was a big deal that they had to strain and filter the vinegar so it shouldn't have bugs. We are caught. The moment go back to the pasteurized wine, what happened to the pasteurized wine? Oh, it's a very good question because once it's pasteurized to a certain temperature, higher than a certain temperature, um, at that point, it doesn't have the. Alcohol level is less. It, it doesn't have the, the law of wine uh, in the sense that, uh, that a non-Jew would use it. Or so, so exa- meaning once a non-Jew touches it, it's still kosher. It's not, it's not a problem anymore. Yeah, it's not wine anymore, essentially. It's not wine anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're not going to get drunk. <laughs> No, I didn't say it's all kosher. I said it doesn't have bugs in it. That you have to strain the vinegar every time in order to make sure it's a problem. Yeah, it's a big thought. No, there could be vinegar that's non kosher depending on the source. Yeah, but it's easy to find kosher vinegar nowadays.
Now it will be Rakot when it comes to Sal. So there's a story of uh, Rabbi Yosef Chaim, there's a story of the Ben Ishkain, that he said one day he writes this in his book of Halachot. He said, uh, before Pesach, he said, I saw a lady who uh, was not checking the lettuce. She was, uh, she was uh, preparing for her Pesach Seder and she didn't check the lettuce at all. She wasn't checking at all to see if uh, there was bugs. So he said, I asked her, I said, how, how many hairs do you have on your head? So she, she said, says, I, don't know. I don't know, I don't know a lot. So he said, you deserve more lashes than the number of uh, strains boy, of hair on your head. Because you're not boy, checking boy, a lot. He says, boy. what do you mean? What are you saying? He said, every bug that a person eats is either four or five prohibitions of the Torah. That was 600 Each one of those, 39 lashes for each bug. For, for, for each bug that you're feeding your husband and that you're feeding your children. So 39 times 5, 195 lashes for each one, for everyone. This was a slap. This was a real slap. Punch. What, what, what can a person do? That's called honest. It's out of your control. So here he says, It's interesting uh, question that on Rehobadi had this question. What happens if the workers in the restaurant don't, uh, don't do Nitilat Yadayim in the morning? So when a person wakes up in the morning, there's Ruach Ra'a in your head. There's, uh, the person has to do Nitilat Yadayim when he wakes up in the morning. So let's say they're not careful about Nitilat Yadayim in Shacharit. So it's something to be concerned about. Uh, it doesn't make the food non-kosher, Rehobadi says, after the fact. Um, he said this doesn't make it non-kosher, but at the same time, you, you want to know. Someone wash their hands, do not die in the morning, or doesn't? Maybe when they clean the meat, back then, they had, nowadays, when you buy kosher, they it's already all done. done. It's, it's all done. Everything done. It's done. Everyone can tell you I bought Under a kosher, they can show you the stamps. But back then, they bought meat, and they had to clean the meat themselves, they had to salt it themselves, and they had, a lot to, of they had to remove all of the fats, of uh, non-kosher fats themselves. Yeah, there was a lot of problems. So there's a lot of problems. So you had to know that somebody knew how to clean the meat. And somebody knew how to cut Our mothers, they knew. Yeah, uh, Baruch Not Hashem. Baruch our they, they knew very well. So, they should know that on Shabbat, how am I allowed to heat up the food and how am I not allowed to heat up the food? Right, so, if someone on a, on a flame and on a fire is, is warming up their food on Shabbat, I mean, maybe you're not supposed to have from it. Uh, on it's cooking. So, so, it's cooking on Shabbat, it's considered cooking on Shabbat. So, is the person who's inviting you, are they aware of this or are they not aware of this? So, uh, there, are, there are a lot of people who don't know that. If, yeah, you have a kumkum, you have a urn on Shabbat. You have to have it set from before Shabbat. And if the urn finishes, can you put in, uh, more water inside the urn? You can't. It's cooking the water. A lot of people don't know it. It's, it that's cooking. Yes. That's considered cooking water on Shabbat. So you have to have all of your water in the urn from before Shabbat. So, local Adam but he said, but there's a problem. There, there's a respect that you have to have for people, right? There are people if you if they invite you to their home and you say I'm not coming, or you say I don't eat. That's also not good. Oh, boy, 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 boy. This, this can cause a lot this of problems. Is very bad. Whoa, hey, you don't trust me. Well, you don't trust me. You can shame somebody. You can embarrass somebody. That's another another chapter. So, of the the you don't go to their happy occasion. You don't go whenever they they invite you to their house. You can cause hatred. You can ruin their entire meal this is, uh, <laughs> this is in the roman time <laughs> so, well, but this happens nowadays also yeah. you can you can ruin somebody's entire meal 
So, and especially sometimes that you say you want to start being careful about something that even the rabbis are not careful of. Right? Exaggeration. So they start complaining to you. What? You're talking even against the rabbis of our community. Well, we saw even the rabbis of the community are eating at other people's houses. Right? Yeah, even this person, he's very religious and he eats at my house also, or she's very religious. Religious and they at my house also. Now, okay, local the and you can't. You're not always capable of it of saying no to somebody. So, they are police, police, police. Okay, so we're gonna have to finish this topic next time, and we'll get in, and we'll get into we'll Khatan tomorrow. Oh. Before we forget, what are you doing in situations like? Come back tomorrow. Well, come back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Only one solution. <laughs> <laughs> Happiest Thursday. Happiest Thursday. <laughs>